Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Rachel Stevens, Guest Services Manager at South Lodge Hotel and Chair of the Institute of Hospitality's Sussex branch. Coming up in today's show, Rachel tells us the number one problem in running a hotel. You just never have enough teaspoons. Phil reveals his strategy for success. Get in, sleep get out again and we learn that they'll give out degrees in any subjects these days. I opted to take a a four-year sandwich degree course. All that and so much more as we chat through Rachel's story and journey to date. In addition we're extremely proud to be supporting Hospitality Aid 2020, a Live Aid style virtual concert packed with performing talent from the hospitality industry and raising valuable funds for hospitality action. Mark your calendar August 31st 4pm. Head over to experience101.co.uk for more information. Don't forget to give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. And if you can, please do leave us a written review on any of the podcast apps. Let's share those stories as far as we can. It really does make a world of difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hospitality Meets podcast with me, your host, Phil Street. When I started this podcast, I wanted to tell the stories of as wide a variety of roles as I could. So we've already covered chefs, of founders, of politicians, writers, ops directors, marketeers, even public speakers. But what about people who are properly on the front line? I was chatting amongst a few of my network and one name came up twice into somebody that I should, um, should connect with and have a chat to. And that is that of today's guest. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show, Rachel Stevens. Thank you very much for having me. You're very, very welcome. Was that um, was that a big enough intro? Yeah, for you? <laughs> yeah. I think you've done me proud there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no pressure, no pressure on you at all. Great. Well, first off the bat, just tell us who you are and and what it is that you do. Yeah. So, like you say, I'm I'm Rachel Stevens. I'm guest services manager at South Lodge Hotel and Spa, uh, which is basically an 88 bedroom luxury country house hotel. It's located in West Sussex and is part of the exclusive collection. So for those that haven't heard of Exclusive, uh, we've got four amazing hotels in the portfolio, two country house venues, a golf club, two spas, one of which is at South Lodge, a cookery school and a pub. So I essentially look after the front of house team and operation. So essentially the guest journey from pre-arrival to post-departure and everything in between. I have an amazing team of 14 individuals and I've been heading up the department now just under a year and a half um, after being promoted from assistant manager. Excellent stuff. So let's get the uh, the big question out of the way straight off the bat. How has it been since you left S Club 7 uh, going into hospitality? Well, I'm, I'm still reaching for the stars. Hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm absolutely sure you've never heard that before, right? That's the first time I've never had, never had, actually, my nickname, my nickname um, at South Dodge used to be S Club. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I am used to the references. So. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, take us all the way back to the beginning then, um, sort of school age. Yes. What, why, when did you start feeling like um, this was the direction for you? Okay, so I started my hospitality journey when I went to study international hospitality management at the University of Brighton. So before then, um, sort of college age, I was actually in the leisure industry. So I was a lifeguard, uh, a swimming teacher. I I swim myself outside of work. So 
uh, yep. naturally that, ju that just happened alongside school. Working in the leisure industry, I, I did love that element of guest interaction. Um, but I think what really inspired my own hospitality journey was volunteering out in the Gambia. So I found a lot of joy in sort of helping others and having a positive impact on someone else's life and being a part of their key moments. And I experienced such warm hospitality whilst out there that I knew then that this is something I want to be able to be a part of and facilitate in my everyday. Yeah. So that then led me once I'd finished my A-levels to choose a degree in international hospitality management as my next step. I also remember at the time interrupt yeah. you but how did you what was that through an organization that you found out about that that the Gambia trip or so at school my college organized a trip so that we'd go annually out there and we'd visit sort of several of the sort of poorest villages and we'd take money and aid out there and and we'd just experience a whole different world really it was, and it was yeah. just and for me it was really touching and warming and I knew that I just found a lot of fulfillment in that and and I, I knew that I wanted to come back and be able to to have that impact on other people's lives and be a part of their special moments, as, yep. uh, as cliche as it sounds. Yeah, so then I went on to study a degree and I remember actually beforehand, my dad as well, he, he had the little course booklet and he actually stopped at the, de the degree course that I chose and he went... Well, Rach, uh, I reckon you'll do all right in this one. Right. So I think that was the, that was the that was enough inspiration for me to think, oh, all right, then I, maybe this is where I should be going. Yeah. So um, I think being at university, you learn so much theory-based knowledge that I opted to take a, a four-year sandwich degree course, which essentially meant that I did three years of studying, but I also within that I took a, a year's placement experience out in the industry. Right. So for me personally, I think that was really important to, to get the exposure to the hotel operations, uh, having had a background in, in leisure prior to that. So I actually did my placement year actually at South Lodge Hotel in the department that ironically I'm now responsible for, right. uh, which is very surreal actually when I think back. Uh, so I did my year at South Lodge in, in guest services, uh, I had the most incredible learning experience there and then I went back to well reluctantly went back to university to finish up my degree and graduate I just loved the industry I just wanted to stay in it at that stage and, and keep learning and progressing and it, I think it was really around that time that my passion for the industry was really ignited I'd had my first experience working in hotels I just wanted to keep learning developing pushing myself and I think that became evident throughout my final year at university so I, I sort of gained a certificate for outstanding achievement I then took part in the Institute of Hospitality's student flagship event called Passion for Hospitality right. and competed in the debating competition there uh, with two of my teammates and then um, much to all of our surprises we actually went on to win it that year okay and then I was awarded hospitality student of the year as well so then after graduating, I knew I needed more practical experience um, and exposure to all areas of the hotel operation. I'd done an amazing year at South Lodge, but it was solely on guest services. And I knew that, that there was so much more out there in the hotel to, to learn about. Yeah. Um, and I thought, 
when I did become eventually become a manager myself, I wanted to fully understand the pressures placed on every department, understand everyone's roles in, in the operation and and appreciate how my actions would, would impact other departments. So I ended up choosing Elite Hotels that they have a management training program. I knew I wanted to work in a luxury country house hotel and Elite were offering me the opportunity to work in all four of their properties. So for those that haven't heard of Elite, it's Ashdown Park, the Grand in Eastbourne, Luton Hoo and Tilney Hall. Um, So across those four properties, I worked in every single operational department, came to the end of my program with them. Uh, I moved back to Sussex and then an opportunity came up to return to South Lodge at what was a really exciting time for the hotel. We had a brand new 15 million pound spa opening. So not being one to shy away from a challenge, I rejoined exclusive and two years down the line that leads me to where I am today. Excellent. And you're, uh, how big is the, the entire team at South Lodge? Oh, so we've got about 150 altogether, 150 team members. Yeah. And you head up guest services within that. So yes. talk us through, I suppose, if there is such a thing, a typical day in the life, obviously not currently because that's locked down and that doesn't, it's probably not that entertaining, but um, no disrespect. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're up and, and fully running, what's a typical day in the life of a guest services manager? Yes. So, well, the role of my department really is to ensure that every single guest that that walks through that door is met and attended to. Um, We we always take a proactive approach. We don't want them to have to uh, approach us. We always approach them first. It's all about looking after the team as well, communicating what's going on that day, highlighting to the rest of the hotel who we've got coming in, our VIPs, our high-profile guests, organising everything that goes with that, so the, the relevant amenities for these particular individuals. And, yeah. I was going to say, Matt Gillen used to be the um, the chef there, right? But he's not, not there anymore. Yes. Uh, he used to be the chef at the past restaurant. It's now Tom Kemble. Yeah, that's right. In terms of just going back to your background a little bit, there's an awful lot of swimming in your background. Yeah. Is this something that you were looking to explore at some point? Uh, the swimming element. I, I've always been a swimmer from a young age. Uh, I, I compete in life-saving sport. Not many people have heard of that. Uh, but it's a, sort of another discipline alongside swimming. It's all pool-based events. Uh, and I really, just alongside work, that is also my passion. And I've just loved doing it from a young age. Yeah. And I, I still do it today. Yeah. Are you able to get swimming even under the, the lockdown uh no unfortunately not so i've had to um i've had to reluctantly turn to land-based training which isn't my um which isn't really my forte but yeah but needs must yeah exactly yeah i um i think you you're also quite active on an extracurricular i suppose let's put it that way within the industry if i've got this right you're quite heavily involved in the institute of hospitality now Yes, well, I actually started with them uh, back in, well, my first sort of exposure to them was when I took part in the Passion for Hospitality debate um, with my team at the University of Brighton. Mm. So I, I joined the Institute of Hospitality then, and I've, I've been with them ever since. I'm part of the Sussex branch committee, so we, we organise events locally in the area. Yeah, I, I often attend a lot of events with the Institute and and 
happily do a lot of work for them. Brilliant. Okay. So in your career so far, have there been any funny things that have happened to you along the way? Funny things. I I think I really do think there's no better industry for creating funny moments. So it's really difficult to sort of pinpoint a specific occasion. I'm sure my team could provide you with plenty on this one. Yeah. Uh, I do remember I do remember once checking in and helping uh, Alexander O'Neill without realizing it at the time so he was obviously a famous singer in the 80s right uh, but because because the peak of his career was before my time I just didn't have any idea at all and of course quite often they're booked under different names this was quite early on in my career so he'd had a long journey and once I'd roomed him he asked if I could help him sort of place a room service order so I'm complete there. I am completely unfazed. I'm doing my job. I'm listing off my personal recommendations to him quite passionately as I'm partial to a bit of room service myself when I go and stay in nice places. <laughs> and, then he, and, then, and then he said to me, you don't know who I am, sweetie, do you? And I was, I was quite honest. I, was, I didn't know where the conversation was going at the time. I said, oh, no. And then he proceeded to tell me he's a famous singer and all about his background uh, and it was only after I realised who he actually was, thanks to Google, <laughs> I just couldn't help but think, well, there is no other industry quite like this one. And that's one of many occasions uh, where I've just had to have a laugh about these things. And um, needless to say, my room service recommendation was a hit, though. Very good. I should hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I suppose that working in the type of environment that you do, you're, you're uh, I suppose, faced with a great deal many familiar faces or certainly big named yeah. people um yes. but yeah. you're right about that era and generational thing it's so weird just yesterday I finished reading uh, Andy Murray's autobiography and there's a story in there about a kind of very similar situation but role reversal so he's the celebrity in this story he didn't pass his driving test until 2009 and he just got into the semi-final of Wimbledon for the first time in that year and was out with the instructor who was taking him through the test and at the end he'd passed his test and the guy said for uh, oh, so what is it that you do for a living and he said I'm a, I'm a professional sports person and he went oh that's nice what uh, what sport like he just didn't have a clue <laughs> who he was at all but it's actually I think it's quite it's quite humbling and quite it reminds hopefully it reminds celebrities that they are just normal human beings as well it certainly reminds me whenever I'm on the other the other end of it when you meet somebody who's famous yes definitely uh, and I think I think it's quite nice for them as well uh, to, to meet people that m- might not necessarily have heard who they are or their background because I mean we had a great chat afterwards and he was telling me all about his career and and it was fascinating, really. But yeah. at the time, he probably thought, oh, my God, this poor woman doesn't know who I am or yeah. it's never heard of my music. So, yeah. yeah. Did he give you, a, give you a free CD? I didn't get No, I didn't ask, to be honest with you. Um, Do people even use CDs think... anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I should have given him one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Well, you're, you're a big big name act from the 90s yourself, so. Yeah, exactly. Um What's the uh, what's the biggest name celebrity that you've had come through your door? Oh, okay. Um, if you're allowed to say, I don't even know if you are. Yes. Um, well, I won't. I won't specify which hotel, and then it'll be okay. Yep. Um, I did 
have Mo Salah. Uh, and okay. I think that was fascinating meeting him. I mean, I'm, I don't follow too much football myself, but he's a name that you could, you've, you've heard of regardless of whether you watch football or not. Yeah. Um, so he, he was very lovely um, asking me about local football teams. And right. Not that, I was any, not that I was any help with that one. You're but, the, the wrong person um, to ask. Yeah, but I've had plenty. I remember making a, a, a specific type of frothy coffee for um ruth and eamon holmes once right um, <laughs> when i was doing my food and beverage stint so yeah, yeah well I, you just come across so many different characters and 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 it's great it's all it's all part of the experience and it's all part of the wonderful thing that is our industry yeah I, it reminds me of a, a the first celebrity that i ever served uh this is going back some years now this is probably well this is early 90s do you know the the actor Gregor Fisher? Yes, yeah. He was in in Love Actually as the um, as the manager, but in Scotland, obviously where I grew up, if you've detected the accent, he was quite a big name comedy actor, uh, and he was Rab C Nesbit, which was his most famous part. And my mum and dad used to run a hotel and um, on a an island called Tyree on the west coast of Scotland, and he just walks into the tea room one day, and it's just this realization that oh my god, that's that's Gregor Fisher. And I remember this moment so clearly because he, like most people, was just very, very down to earth, really lovely, just wanting to enjoy his holiday. He ordered uh, a pot of tea and a cream meringue. I always remember that. And the reason I remember that is because the meringue came out and he just just saw it and went, Jeezy peeps, that's massive. <laughs> and it's it's just something that's stuck with me forever and i don't i don't know why maybe it was because it was my first experience of serving uh, a celebrity but at the same time it was just one of those stories that just stayed with me forever and i think it it made me realize that you know these people are normal human beings who are also entitled to enjoy their holiday and and have the privacy that they um that they crave yeah it's, it's like um it was like me um taking an order for a, a frothy coffee and i thought well that that is quite normal but and and it was me and I thought at the time when I was making it I thought gosh I hope I hope this is to of a standard that is really gonna be acceptable for Ruth and Eamon uh yeah. but yeah it's quite funny it's funny yeah I've also had experiences that uh weren't particularly nice but I won't go into them uh with celebrities <laughs> who are um the other way who the sense of entitlement but in any case I won't name names those stories will stay with me okay so I suppose it's fair to say that you're sort of fairly early on in your career what's yes. what's your kind of what's your aspiration as things stand at the moment what's uh, where's your path that you see so I would always um my my goal from the beginning from since entering the industry was always to, to become a hotel general manager myself I'd love it to be a sort of luxury country house hotel yep that's what I foresee. That's my that's my end goal, and all the pathways in between, are essentially, hopefully, getting me the steps in the right direction to get there. Yeah. So, do you have at this point in your your career uh, mentors that you that you turn to for advice and guidance? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I I really advise anyone that's listening to this to to sort of do the do the same and and get a mentor. I have to say. Um, I found it fascinating. I, I do attend a lot of industry events and I, I do find it fascinating that you can go to an event and be in such a 
great environment in a room full of hoteliers and ultimately competitors all under the same roof. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just a, a real testament to our industry and the whole philosophy of sort of people being at the heart of what we do. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people that are in our industry who are willing to help and, and mentor individuals is just a real credit. And I, I've been really fortunate with my mentors. I have, and I have the utmost admiration for them. They're all obviously a lot further down the line in their careers. And, and I always turn to them for for advice and and just to help me in in making more informed decisions because it's something that they've been through themselves and and I haven't I'm sort of going in as a fresh perspective okay what 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 path should I take or yeah the industry is so broad it's nice to get perspective from others and I've been even not my official mentors I've just been incredibly fortunate to have met amazing people in our industry that have taken the time to sort of give me advice and, and guidance and, and encouragement mm. during my journey so far. And I think it's great. I think the great thing about the the mentoring thing is, is that it, it does work both ways. I, I pretty much guarantee you that, yes, you've maybe got some new perspective from them, but I guarantee you that they've they've got some fresh perspective from you as well. Because that's the thing that happens with, you know, cyclical generations that, that come through. There's new tech that comes there's new ideas that come from theory and that maybe weren't there when when they were at university so so believe me it, it works both ways yeah I'd like I'd like to think so I'm, I'm sure I'd well who knows if they say the same answer to you but yeah. okay I've asked you about funniest thing anything terrifying happened to you yeah that I find that really difficult to hide I've no I've never had a terrifying scenario at work I think much to everyone's disappointment because the, the place I work at the moment the main sort of part of the building was built in 1883 right so a lot of people I think are, are, are dying for me to have some funny ghost stories <laughs> or some spooky terrifying thing that's happened to me when I've been on my security walks or when I've been on a night shift uh, among the hotel but I, I genuinely don't have um anything terrifying that struck me um so far touch wood yeah. i mean there's still plenty of time for that to happen oh, yeah. but absolutely any any moments in in service where you've you've felt a little bit out of depth and and had to overcome these kind of challenges oh gosh i mean yeah i think any anyone would be lying if they, if they didn't have those moments where they, where they thought oh gosh um Oh, are we going to sink or swim here? But you just kind of, I think the art of it in our industry is, is to improvise as well and and to find ways to overcome. I remember when I was at Luton Who and it's a massive sort of conference and, and, and banqueting event there. There's three different yeah. sites um, that hold functions. Uh, and I remember, I think it was around Christmas time, we just, and it's a common problem in in conference banking you just never have enough teaspoons right uh, and you so you so you're going to set the table and you just there's just never enough teaspoons to go around so we had to really um think on our feet and then think of a different way to serve tea and coffee at the end that won't make it a known thing or visible among the people that are attending the event that we just didn't have enough teaspoons yeah. but we kind of chanced it then and thought right well not everyone has tea and coffee at the end of their meals so we'll go around and we'll personally serve it ourselves and then and then give them the teaspoons as they go but it's just I, I guess really it's just improvising and um 
making sure that you you keep calm in those situations because yeah. I think the worst thing you can do is start flapping and then everyone else around you then feeds off of your energy oh, sure. and it and then it goes from there yeah I, I, the, the thing I've always found is that there there's usually somebody who's come across a particular problem before in the business but there's always situations where that's not the case and you're right the keeping the the calm head I think it's one of the greatest skills that this industry possesses is is one to remain unflappable as you say but then two to actually move into problem solving mode and it's almost like yes is the answer let's figure out how to get there that's yeah it's that yeah. kind of philosophy but there's I mean there's many 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 examples of uh, of that throughout the the industry and it's it's to me it's one of the most interesting and wonderful things that that, that is there about this industry yeah I, I always say to my team as well I'd rather them because quite often you, you can sort of panic about different situations how you handle it but in our industry I don't think really there is a universally correct response to every situation that can be learned and applied because it is so diverse yeah so I would say to my team look I'd rather you come to me and say look Rach I've done this I think I've made a mistake how can I correct it then not working on initiative and not doing anything at all because I think you want people that are confident feel confident in their own decision making abilities and feel that they can take on that responsibility and and help in any given situation and I think that comes from the leader as well as long as you're sort of facilitating that environment where you're going to support your team whatever and that really then feeds off into how they act and behave with the guests yeah I, the proper leadership is exactly that I mean it's uh, it's not about stripping people down it's about building them up and there's always going to be situations that put people under high stress and that's the same of any industry it's not just hospitality it's just then how how individuals deal with that and how they utilize their team to help deal with that. And I think uh, a lot of the time when people take on leadership positions to start with, they feel like they have to do everything to kind of demonstrate that, you know, I'm a lead from the front type person, but sometimes that can be, you know, and a lot of times actually it can be really consuming. Uh, and then it obviously is reflected in who their leader is as well and what how much pressure they're putting. So it's, there's a, there's so many little paths and your ways that um that this this works but i think the key thing is to maintain poise as much as possible yeah definitely okay beyond lockdown and the virus that we find ourselves in at the moment what's uh what are the biggest challenges that you face today as a hotelier yeah i mean as i promised myself i wouldn't mention that the dreaded covid19 but i think yeah as an industry we do have particularly significant challenge now I think to adapt to sort of the current circumstances I think in most cases reposition our services and offering yeah. just to ensure we remain relevant to the consumers and as we seek to sort of head back to some form of normality post lockdown because I think it'll be a completely different world particularly from my perspective as guest services manager just analyzing okay what actually will that guest journey look like now what are people going to be seeking I think it will be heavily reassurance now they'll want to be and I think uh, certainly self-check-ins and express checkouts will become more popular mm. but even across the hotel so revisiting standards and procedures in the restaurants the event spaces and, and spa 
will be crucial. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it, you know, especially in the the type of establishment that you guys are, there's a lot of service touch points, you know, and and people kind of expect that who are coming to stay in, in places like you, they want the extra levels of service that you wouldn't necessarily have, you know, in like a premier inn or a travel lodge or something like that, where it's just get in, sleep, get out again. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, the period of adaption is going to be, well, the, I suppose the new normal. I mean, it's a saying that everybody's using now, but it, it, it probably will be. But the problem that we have at the moment on the 4th of May is that we don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah, exactly. So it's quite difficult for me to preempt it because it's all guesswork at the moment, really, until um, we've got some sort of guidelines. Yeah. But also, I think it's important to remember we've got to guide our teams through this next phase of a new normality as well. I think it's it's just as nerve wracking for them coming back to work yeah. um, as it is for people coming to to actually visit the hotel. So it's a yeah, it's a two way process, definitely. Yeah. That's the only serious question that I'll ask you in this conversation. Well, um, I'm going to move on straight away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep it light, keep it light. <laughs> you're at the, I'm going to ask you a question now that I've actually not asked anybody else yet. So you're you're going to be a guinea pig. And okay. So are, are you ready? Do you, feel, do you feel the pressure? I am feeling the pressure, but let's hope I can answer it. <laughs> if you could go out for a drink with three people from any walk of life who are currently living, who would they be and why? Right. I would say first and foremost, Captain Tom Moore. He's he's recently come into the limelight, but I think I've just, just hearing all about his story, I think I'd just love to go for a cup of tea with him and yeah. sort of hear about all of his life experiences. I'm sure I'd learn a lot from him. Can you imagine the stories he's, he has? Oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. You, you just, I, I could spend hours probably just sat down chatting to him. Oh, I know, I know. I think I, I said this on, on one of the previous chats. I used to work on cruise ships and we were always, I was going to use the word forced to go to captain's cocktail parties, but that's probably a bit harsh. It was part of the job description. So, and they can be quite onerous. It's an hour of your life, basically, where it depends on the guests that you get. Maybe they just, just had a bad meal and, they didn't like the broccoli was too, it was overcooked or was undercooked. Broccoli was always the biggest bone of contention on a cruise ship. I'm not going to lie. But I would always try and hunt out the the really quirky looking people who like had handlebar moustaches and, you know, it just looked like they'd lived their life a bit because generally speaking, they had amazing stories and it made an hour of your life just go by in the blink of an eye. Yeah, exactly. And every every day you meet new characters and 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 new people, and you just, I I could just sit and talk to people for hours, really. But I think Captain Tom Moore would definitely be my first choice. Yep. Second choice, I would say Raymond Blanc. Uh, I just think yep. his. I saw him at an hospitality action sort of fundraising event. I met him a couple of years ago, and I think just listen to him talk, just listening to him speak. His passion for the industry is so infectious. And I'm sure he's got so many stories that he could just, he's just such an amazing person. I'd love to just sit and chat with him about his experiences and everything he's done in his career so yeah. far. He's, um, um, he's also responsible, I, I think, for bringing in a whole new wave of 
interest in in the industry probably going back 10 years that the the image perception of life in a kitchen in in the industry was not particularly great he comes along and i think the program that he he put on uh, his kitchen secrets a few years ago hopefully i think highlighted to people that that's not the norm if you've got somebody like him at the helm he's going to come at you with a lot of energy and vigor yes um so you're going to have moments where you feel like oh my god i can't do this but the reason he's coming at you with all of that energy and vigor is that so you learn it's not about you know setting you up for failure and if you look at all of the people who have gone on to do amazing things that have worked in his kitchen i totally get where you're coming from i think that would be an amazing chat yeah yeah his pa- he's so passionate about what he does and and yeah he's bred the whole new next generation of chefs really and and industry titans so um, yeah. definitely Raymond Blanc so if he's listening to this um yeah let's get him on yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then I would say probably um Roger Federer I just think okay. from I'm an athlete outside of work myself, and I think yep. he's just such an amazing sportsman. And there, there's a lot of mindset that you can take from an athlete and apply professionally as well. Absolutely. Um, it all heavily overlaps, and I, I just think I'd love to still be his age and still performing well in, in my chosen sport. So maybe I can learn a thing or two from him. Yeah, I have to say he would probably feature in my wife's top three people to go out for a drink with as well, but probably for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. He, I, I actually look to um, sports autobiographies all the time for inspiration about, you know, I think it's a mindset thing a lot of the time. I don't know, did you I go back to Andy Murray again? There was a documentary on his recovery on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you've seen it. But if you've not, no, it's, it's worth a watch because it highlights to you just how hard these guys work. You know, what we see out the front is is kind of the culmination of years and years and years of graft, you know, and I think it's just a really good life lesson for, for anyone. You know, talent is one thing and, I, you know, I suppose a lot of these guys have a, a more natural talent, but that's nothing if you don't put in the graft behind it. Oh. Definitely, um, definitely. And I think that's just a really great mantra for kind of any walk of life and especially in, in this industry as well. Yeah, definitely. I had um, I had a Zoom call with uh, Jazz Carlin uh, not too long ago, who's an Olympic swimmer, basically. Right. And um, she competed in Rio and she, she got a silver medal, basically, in um, her freestyle events. And, and she was saying she her ultimate goal in life was was to make it to the London 2012 Olympics, have a home crowd um, and compete then. And she came fourth in the qualifying times for the championship. So she actually missed out because it's the top two that go through. Right. And she said that then for her was a real, okay, do I carry on doing the the sport that I love or do I just give up now? I haven't achieved my goal when... Um, of making it to the London 2012 Olympics and then she comes back four years later to become a silver medalist at Rio and I think it just shows that failure is always going to be a part of your journey and you you just got to build that resilience and and what actually defines failure because I mean to to still 
train as hard as she did I think it's just accepting that yes okay you didn't perform as well as you'd have liked to at that moment but that's not to say you can't come back and and do better next time so yeah but clearly there's um, some form of passion within that as well I think if you if you add talent passion and hard work together there's just there's nothing you can't do and I think it's definitely one thing that I would say and for anybody contemplating coming into the hospitality industry is that it it has to sing to you in some way you've got to feel a connection to it and I you know I, I totally get that people utilize the industry for convenience measures when they're studying and things like that and we welcome these people as well for sure but if you want to make a career out of this it's really got to sing to you oh definitely and I, and I think from my own personal experiences I, I've really everywhere I've gone I've really pushed to, to get the maximum out of my experience and um, I've been fortunate that everyone that I've I've worked for and with has been so receptive and supportive of that so I, I would go into every single department on my training program and I'd essentially sit there and say to my manager right teach me everything you know and I'd set myself my own goals for every single department that I worked in that had I have that otherwise I, I just wouldn't thought that I was capable of doing them and I yeah I think it's just important that you take you take responsibility for your own goals and, and then there's people out there that will support you with them yep absolutely and and yeah. see, seek out the people who will push you as well yeah in, and I don't mean that in a negative way by any stretch of the imagination but um, I hop back to the beginning of my food and beverage career I had a, a leader who clearly saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at the time and, and I think without him and some of the guidance that he gave me very early on in my career I, you know, I, may, I may have gone down a very different path and I don't mean that in a dark way but just wouldn't have ended up where I am now some very strong life lessons quite early on are, are very useful yeah and you do you do meet people that are just brilliant at doing that I always when I think about it myself when I look back when I did the passion for hospitality debate I really feared public speaking before taking part in that debate right it's just something I would never have done so if you'd have said to me the year before I'd even be taking part let alone win it I'd have probably had a laugh with you feel about it but yeah. I think really that was a turning point for me because I thought, well, look what can actually be achieved if you do push outside of your comfort zone. And that, that really is where the magic happens. Yeah. And I always say to my team, you'll always sort of experience some sort of fear. But you've just got to go out and do it anyway. And, and as long as you're continuing to grow and for anyone who is continuing to sort of push out into the world and stretch their capabilities and continue to take new risks to achieve their goals it's just important to remember that there will always be some form of fear um but just to go out and do it anyway absolutely well the the, the greatest learning comes fr from the back and I, I always look as well to that uh, stretching comfort zone thing the more you do that uh there, there will come a time in your life most likely at some point further down the line where that comfort zone starts to retract a little bit because you're through the aging process you are, you you lose a little bit of physical capability and all of these sorts of things that kind of come to you uh, naturally so you might as well stretch it as far as you can so that you've got a lot further to come back 
to the, when when yeah. you're when you're finding your your new normal. I'm going to use it again. It's my that's the new favorite yeah. saying, isn't it? Okay, so you you're going out for a drink with these three amazing human beings. What do you drink? Oh, well, I'd start off probably with a nice gin and tonic. Right. I sold one, but that'd probably be several. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another thing about the hospitality industry. I exactly. I mean, I. Yeah, every event I go to, I love just, it, it, yeah, it comes with the job title, doesn't it? Yeah. Go, going to events, networking, have a few drinks with everyone. It's our duty it's to great. make sure that these businesses survive. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's the way I've always seen it as well, Phil. So. <laughs> so you start with the gin and tonic and then you go somewhere else or do you just stay on the gin? I'll probably stay on the gin and tonics. I mean, I have I have been known to sort of have a few glasses of wine as well in the mix. Yeah. Um, I think uh, drinking is heavily mood related yeah. for me. Um, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't mean that, I, once again, I don't mean that in a dark way. But for example, if, if if after I've just cut the grass, it's beer, beer and beer only. If I'm uh, you're having a, an evening out in the, the back garden, then you know, gin and tonic's lovely. If I'm out for food, it's always wine. Yeah. It uh, depends on, on who you are, what you're doing. You're, um, have you had the, I suppose, the fortune to experience hospitality as a consumer in terms of do you do you go out for, for food and things like that? Oh, absolutely. I went, I, I, yeah, I do like to spoil myself. I, I always think that's the best way to sort of expose yourself to how other operations work and learn from them and, and, and take little bits of ideas of how they're operating yep. as well. Uh, so I think it's yeah. important for anyone in our industry that we do... Um, do that as yeah as as often yeah. and as much as we can which is the, the cross training yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. I think one that really stood out for me and this was more sort of the tangible element of service quality would be um when I went to Atlantis the Palm in Dubai oh, okay yeah I just think the whole hotel was just I you had to pick my jaw off the floor um just because I, I was just going to use the exact same term yeah. for when I, I arrived in a taxi and I one I, I was so sidetracked by the hotel that I nearly left my phone in the taxi <laughs> yeah exactly and I think any yeah any building that's got that is in, instantly on 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 sort of a, a winner but ultimately it is the service that you experience inside that will bring you back in again and again so it's important to remember that. yeah as well no absolutely have you ever been to uh, las vegas i haven't no it is on my um bucket list of things today yeah if you're a if you're a hotel geek then um the the place is just off the scale with uh some of the buildings they've got out there i it's just when somebody has said okay they've sat in a room and they've gone right okay what's possible and they've written out what's possible and then somebody said no we need more <laughs> that's basically that's basically Las Vegas. Yeah, oh, I'd, yeah, I'd love to go. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories from your your antics out there as well. <laughs> it's actually quite reserved. I've only been once, um, and it was for a, it was oh, okay. stereotypically for a wedding, a Las Vegas wedding. But uh, no, I had a, I, I had a really reserved time there. Actually, we <laughs> we gambled one evening and one evening only. And um, but other than that, it's just it was just a case of me being like a child and saying oh can we go to the venetian oh can we go to the um the bellagio 
<laughs> because these buildings are just incredible. But uh, anyway, I digress. I um, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> okay, so what's uh, well? I suppose when we get through the other side of of this, whenever that may be, what what does the next year hold in store for for you and your property? Yeah, so um, ho- obviously, hopefully, returning back to work sooner rather than later. Yep. Um, and really just guiding my team through this next phase of a new normality and, and establishing what is that new normality um, amongst the hotel. Yeah. Um, I sit on the Institute of Hospitality Sussex branch committee as well. So we have a few exciting plans in the pipeline to sort of support and inspire future talent into the industry. Yeah. Um, and then for me personally, I'll definitely be looking at next steps, me on my own journey to eventually becoming a general manager. So I guess watch this space. Yeah, no, absolutely. And <laughs> if there was somebody sat in front of you right now who was considering a, a career in hospitality, what would you say to them? I would say go for it. Definitely stick to it as there will be challenging days. Uh, but I genuinely, there is no greater reward or industry and it is so diverse and the opportunities are endless. You'll just never have a dull day. Yeah. Uh, you'll never be bored definitely and there and I do really believe there is space for everyone to succeed I mean it's such a social industry as well you meet people from all walks of life and it's one of the main things I love about what we do and like I said previously and I'd say this to any sort of aspiring young manager or graduate just entering the industry just feel the fear and do it anyway because taking on the new challenges and responsibilities are the only way you'll ever sort of grow as a person and progress. I can think of plenty of examples on my management training program where I'd have thought I'd never be capable of doing something and I've gone and, and proven my own, yeah, I've proven myself wrong. And yeah. I think just take that mindset with you. There was one quote actually um, I read in this book once and it was ships in harbour are safe, but that's not what ships are built for. Yeah. And I think if you just take that mindset with you throughout your career it certainly helped with my own career so far I mean I'm, I'm still early on in, in in my career but it will certainly maximize your full potential yeah I think it's a great thing uh, I like that it's very relevant for me as well having spent five years at sea <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you can you can actually relate to it on a on a realistic term as well yeah but I completely agree with the sentiment I um you know it, it's just it's really liberating as well. Like I, I've, I've any time, this is a prime example. I, I, if you'd have said to me three years ago, you'll be starting a podcast, I'd have said, yeah, whatever. But now, <laughs> I'm delighted to be doing it, and I, I, it's really quite a lot of fun, and chatting to really interesting people, and um, you know, and there's other things that 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 come out of the the other side of that as well as that. You know, I actually got approached last week by somebody to come and do a public speaking gig and that's not something that has ever come my way before so it's um just keep pushing keep pushing yeah exactly you'll have to let me know when that is phil and i'll put it in the diary yeah and it's, then come, it's on come along and watch. health and wellness as well so I, the, the um i'm gonna have to do some studying for that <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm sure you'll be amazing <laughs> oh thank you very much <laughs> Okay, so if if people want to get a, a hold of you to to chew the fat and learn more about about you or the institute or your yeah. property, how do they do that? Yeah, um, they can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. So my handle's at Rachel Stevens four, and and my um, 
personal contact email addresses rachel-stevens1 at hotmail.co.uk so as you said yeah get in contact if you want to learn more about the institute of hospitality as well and how you can get involved with them too and i'd be delighted to help fantastic well that's been a real pleasure to chat thank you very much for your time rachel very much for having me phil you're very welcome we'll see you again soon take care bye-bye bye and there we have it a great insight into rachel's journey so far and it's clear that she'll go on to some great things yet another insight into the variety of opportunity that exists in hospitality don't forget we'll be launching a new episode each day this week so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share across your networks thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow